Thank you, Nico. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, not, not the easiest of tasks to, to follow the previous uh, banking panel with the CEOs and the leading uh, bankers in Greece with uh, uh, a panel uh, comprising mostly uh, or actually exclusively international uh, investment bankers. I think, I think the purpose of, of this panel will be probably to continue the discussion regarding uh, banking in Greece from the perspective of the international investor. Uh, I think an international investor uh, looking uh, from the out-in to Greek banking has probably uh, seen a, a few phases the last, the last few years. Uh, the initial uh, suffering of losses because of the, um, the PSI and, and uh, the Greek government bonds, then a, a mounting stock of NPLs, uh, both of which developments led to uh, a initial capitalization in 2013 with mostly public funds, then a second round of capitalization in 2014 mostly with uh, increasingly uh, with private funds. Then we saw from the international investors' perspective uh, a dramatic first uh, half of 2015 uh, leading to a silent run on the banks and the imposition of capital controls and then following that uh, a necessary recapitalization. Uh, it seems to me that all of these things are, uh, are in the past. Uh, we are, we have seen, and we've heard the speakers since uh, earlier this morning, we are perhaps at an inflection point with an increasing uh, amount of confidence returning to the Greek economy and the, the Greek banking system. And we're here with an incredibly well-qualified panel of uh, experts to talk about the, the prospects of investments in Greek banking. Uh, we have Alex Pretner, who co-heads uh, FIG, Financial Institutions Group for Citigroup. Uh, we have George Diantafilou, a director and country officer for Goldman Sachs covering Greece. Stefan Svapanayotou, who um, uh, definitely enjoys the privilege of covering both uh, Southern Europe uh, as well as the Nordic. Uh, nice, nice split if you can get it. Uh, and, uh, and last but not least, uh, Spiros Tsiloglu from, from Credit Suisse, uh, a, a senior director. Um, Alex, I think we'll, we'll start with you. Uh, I think from you, we, we want you to set the scene uh, of the international environment and the European environment from banking and investment in banking. Obviously, as, as the Greek bankers have been busily fixing their banks the last few years, the international uh, environment doesn't, didn't stand still. Uh, things happen globally. And if we would like you, please, uh, you, to illuminate us on, enlighten us on uh, the, uh, the international environment as it affects Greek banks. Well, thank you. Can you hear me? Oh, good, perfect. Yeah, so I think we've, we've seen in the last year uh, a strong recovery of the, Euro of the European and the US banking sector, largely driven by anticipation of, uh, you know, improving economic growth, um, and as a beta play on the economy. Um, I think we are now drawing conclusions here. What were, the, what were the headwinds historically and what are the headwinds today 
of the European banking sector, and I would say there's sort of generally three areas. One is um, um, uh, asset quality that ties into capital ad ad adequacy. Um, and here, I think, in the context of, uh, of asset quality, clearly, you know, there, there have been many steps taken, uh, in particular uh, in the periphery, uh, to address the issues. But I think there is still, I think, way to go um, when you look at some of the uh, developments also with the new ECB MPL addendum and, and other regulatory steps. I think that leads to the second large topic for banks, which is regulation. I think here, in terms of regulatory trends, we have seen uh, significantly more clarity in the last 12 months uh, across, across Europe. Uh, that includes things like Basel IV, IFRS 9. I think we're still waiting for some more detail around MREL and what it means for uh, capital securities. But generally, I think there's much more clarity around, uh, around the regulation topic. Uh, I think you, there are some debate around whether there are, there are significant uh, shifts in goalposts sometimes. Uh, from, from, from year to year, but generally I think we have seen more clarity in that, in, that, in that topic. And I think the third headwind that we see generally and the challenge for the banking sector is really digitalization. Yeah. And I think here, this is a trend that affects the banking sector across the globe, um, and it's not uh, confined to, let's say, US, UK, or the Nordics. I think we see that definitely in Central Europe, and we see these trends in in Greece as well, I think there are profound changes in customer behavior. The way how customers use banks, in particular retail customers, have changed already and is in process of changing dramatically. And this will have a fundamental impact in terms of how capex and investments will be uh, determined over the next uh, couple of years, uh, because clearly there has been a shift away from the tradi traditional bank branch network to um, digital channels, and uh, generally the usage of the bank uh, uh, branches have been uh, significantly reduced, and that, that, is, that is also the case in Greece when you look at the statistics. So this is a major area of um, change for the banking sector in general and a major area of investment. So we, we see a refocus on technology spend, we see a refocus on um, making the operations more efficient. Um, and this is a trend that is well underway, um, and we don't know yet who will be the ultimate winner, whether it will be the banks in a traditional way or it will be technology companies who go into the banking sector and will compete with significant um, starting advantages in terms of customer databases and uh, customer access. And I think these three trends, uh, I think, are generally affecting the global banking sector, and I think they do affect also, at varying degrees, uh, the Greek, uh, Greek banking sector. And, um, you know, when we, when we look at where valuations have come so far, um, clearly I think the, the global and European banking valuations are sort of uh, pricing in a strong recovery. Um, I think there is still upside uh, in some of the peripheral bank valuations, and clearly um, I think we'll get to that later in the panel. Thank you very much. Uh, George, uh, over to you. I think Alex did a, a, a good job at uh, giving us the international drivers uh, of uh, investments in banking. Uh, we would like you to give us uh, the, the Greek drivers in the sense that uh, the Greek economy is not the same as it, as it used to be 10 years ago. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a new environment. Um, what, what are the, the key drivers 
in which the banks are finding themselves uh, as they operate in, in the, new, uh, the new Greek economy. If you were to put it simply, if you were the CEO of one of the banks and you were running your business plan, what would be the key assumptions that you'd put in, in that exercise as, as we're going into 2018? Thank you, Apostole. So you rightfully mentioned that uh, Greek banks have gone through um, a number of crises or a number of shocks through the years of the crisis um, that have, to an extent, overwhelmed management's capability um, to steer those banks towards profitability, stability, normalization. Um, while those shocks have actually been averted over the last couple of years, Greek banks are still facing um, significant legacy portfolio issues as well as significant regulatory hurdles, um, which to an extent overshadow any silver lining that we can find in the macro side, um, as well as um, the bank's efforts to successfully complete their uh, restructuring programs, as well as any marginal change in the operating environment. Um, there, all of that being said, right, and to answer your question directly, um, if I was currently sitting here trying to project 2018, it's very hard to do so without actually thinking about uh, stress tests, right? But, you know, we can be very brief on that point. It's, those tests are, by definition, going to be particularly um, sensitive to the parameters that are going to be used. We're talking about a system that has a very high concentration of NPEs. Um, therefore, it's a bit premature to, to discuss what may or may not be the result or the actions that banks may or may not have to take here. Um, in terms of, sorry, in terms of um, other factors, once you leave the stresses to the side, right, um, someone has to start from the top line. And on the top line, I think some of the trends that we saw in 2017 are due to continue in 2018 uh, in the Greek uh, banking market. Uh, we did see significant um, pressures on, uh, on spreads. We did see deleveraging uh, that have actually weighed on, um, on top line growth. These are likely to continue. On the other hand, the benefits from funding cost reduction um, cost of deposit reduction, ELA repayment, um, those are likely to, um, to probably cancel out any of the negative effects that I previously mentioned. Um, so on the top line side, probably, and as you, as you forecast your PPI, you, you probably can feel fairly comfortable that you can arrive at a certain level that, that sort of makes sense. Therefore, any um, any area of potential optimism or pessimism will will be around um, will be around basically your asset quality and the ability of the Greek banks to um, to achieve the SSM targets uh, while preserving uh, while preserving capital. Um, they need to reduce NPE exposure by 37 billion over two years. Um, we've seen uh, uh, in 2017 efforts to achieve that uh, at various degrees of success. Um, there have been changes that taken place uh, and that hopefully will help uh, accelerate that effort. Um, but I truly believe that both CEOs and investors are, are gonna focus on exactly that point. Thank you very much, George. Uh, Stefane, having set the scene from an international and domestic economic perspective, I, uh, we, would, we would be grateful if you uh, 
did a deep dive into probably one of the most significant issues, uh, which is the, the management of the non-performing loan portfolio. Uh, as we all know, policymakers, the, the SSM, the Bank of Greece, uh, the government, the institutions, the banks themselves have, uh, have spent a lot of time and effort uh, working through the institutional framework and the legal framework so that we can see some meaningful resolution of, uh, of the NPL problem. So, Stephanie, for you um, and, and for your expertise, three very simple questions. Have the policymakers done enough to allow the banks deal with the issue? Are we going to see significant deals and transactions in 2018 that swiftly deal with the problem? And, and what, in your view, are the main factors that will define success and, and God forbid, failure of that exercise? Thank, thank you, Apostole. Um, I'll, I'll start uh, with your questions uh, one by one. Uh, first of all, in, with respect to the, uh, to the policy, uh, my, my view is that uh, it, is, uh, uh, it is the policy changes and the framework that is currently uh, um, valid for uh, the resolution of the NPLs and, and the bankruptcy framework, I think it's, uh, it's an effective one. Um, in fact, I think that uh, you know, if you compare it with, uh, uh, you know, with our European counterparts, it compares uh, well, if not uh, compares better. Um, so I think you know that uh, the policy makers have given the Greek banks the toolbox necessary to to deal with the uh, you know the restructuring of the uh, of the NPEs, which effectively means um, number one, and we heard it from the previous esteemed panel, uh, uh, going after the strategic defaulters which is a f fundamental point in uh, the effort of the Greek banks to, to resolve uh, you know, th those NPEs and, and get value back. Um, uh, deepening the restructuring efforts they, they do on uh, uh, particularly focused on SMEs and large corporates, whereby you know, there is a viable business plan and uh, with some restructuring, some new equity, uh, these these uh, companies can still you know can perform again and contribute to the Greek economy and of course uh, you know proceed with liquidations uh, uh, for those cases that it's not uh, uh, any more viable to to, to retrieve uh, any, um, uh, any any value. Um, so all in all, you know, I'm, I'm very positive about the framework, and I think it's a, it's a, a, you know, it's a catalyst. is one of the key catalysts that will, uh, you know, lead to the uh, further acceleration of the resolution of the NPLs. On your second point, uh, and of course, which is related to the first, um, I see transactions. I expect more transactions to take place, of course. And, uh, you know, we have seen a couple of transactions uh, taking place. Uh, very recently, a Greek bank, uh, uh, you know, had the, the risking transaction, an important one. Um, and, uh, you know, we see a lot of investor appetite and interest uh, to look at these portfolios. Um, uh, because, you know, there are investors who are experts at, at actually, you know, sort of uh, uh, you know, dealing with the portfolios uh, in, in an effective manner, 
in a value-creating manner. Um, so I see, uh, you know, I see transactions. Let's not forget that the Greek banks have uh, very strict targets set by the SSM that they need to abide by, and therefore, you know, um, I think if you if you put together the toolbox and the you know that they now have the willingness of the Greek banks and the, you know, sort of the, the focus that they have in resolving these portfolios, as well as the investor appetite uh, for these portfolios, of course, uh, with the underlying, uh, you know, strength that uh, starting to show in the Greek economy, then um, I don't only, you know, foresee many transactions to take place, but also to answer the third question, I am very confident that uh, uh, you know this uh, this effort, collective effort, will uh, you know perform well. Thank you, Stefane. Uh, Spiro, uh, last but not least of our of our panelists for the first round of questions, you have the privilege of uh, uh, being able to comment on any of the topics that have been raised. So feel free in your opening statement to comment, but. Uh, I also have a, a very specific question for you. It's, it's in my view, the twin problem of, of the NPL, uh, which, is, which is liquidity. Uh, we, we all know that uh, the ELA is going down, although not quite yet down to zero, and, and certainly deposits, uh, deposits are coming back, but not quite yet to pre-crisis levels or even levels of 2014. Uh, in your commentary, we would really love to hear your views regarding whether we will see a return of uh, normality in the liquidity position and, and what do you think are the steps that are necessary uh, for uh, confidence to return to the banking system fully uh, and that the liquidity side of things is, uh, is fully restored. Uh, perfect. Thank you, Apostle. Uh, maybe a couple of comments on what was uh, discussed already. Um, I think, firstly, we cannot generalize about uh, the, the Greek banks. So we tend to treat them as a group because they, they come to market every now and then uh, as a group to, to recapitalize themselves over the last few years. But um, investors are already differentiating across the, the four banks and expressing a view on valuation in terms of the, the, the share price and book value multiple where they're trading. Um, and it's very clear that they, they look at two things, asset quality, both in terms of NP coverage levels, but also gap to NP reduction targets. And secondly, uh, return on, on, on equity. So it's very clear investors pay attention. That's positive. Um, it indicates that there's room for upside as banks conclude or advance their restructuring plans, as well as uh, NPE reduction continues. So that's point number one. Point number two, um, it's, there is a question of whether uh, the high headline CT1 position of the Greek banks is something that investors are happy with or not. Uh, in, if you like, nearby Cyprus, we have uh, the example of Bank of Cyprus, uh, which recapitalized around the same time in 2014 and has uh, uh, spent time reducing NPLs but also consuming capital. Uh, so it, it today maintains a much lower CT1 position than the Greek banks, but still uh, investors uh, look at the credit very positively. They issued a tier two transaction in early January. They have announced uh, potentially coming to market with an 81 in the near future. On your point on uh, liquidity, um, 
I would say there's four, if you like, uh, uh, sort of ways that liquidity position for the Greek banks has improved. Uh, firstly, it's deleveraging. Secondly, there's some return of deposits. Thirdly, we've seen some funding from the capital markets from the Greek banks in the last few weeks through cover bond issuances. And finally, there is a much improved appetite towards uh, Greek assets, uh, and we're talking about uh, uh, repos on uh, bilateral repos uh, from international banks to finance the, the Greek banks. So secondly, we talked about sort of ELA in the euro system. It's actually uh, interesting to note that back in uh, uh, June 2015, Greek banks were borrowing 125 billion from the uh, euro system. Um, which they have now reduced to less than 40. Uh, and ELA has been reduced by 60 billion, over 60 billion in the same period. So definitely uh, a major improvement there. In terms of targets for liquidity, I think the, we heard the leadership of the four banks point to uh, immediate uh, ELA exit for some and uh, reduction to elimination within 2018 for, for most. So again, I think that points to, to a significant improvement. Now, in terms of tangible steps for the, the, the system to uh, bring deposits back, we have seen depositors being very sensitive to political uh, and economic sort of climate and appetite. Um, and uh, uh, I think any change to sort of capital controls uh, will make less significant impact than sort of stability and sort of positive constructive sentiment across the market. Thank you, Spiro. Um, Alex, full circle, we have come uh, back to you. Um, so um, let's say that I'm, I'm a prospective equity investor in, uh, in, in, the, in the Greek banking sector. I have, I have spent a lot of time understanding the history, what all the structural reforms that have happened, the capitalizations and the recapitalizations, the changes of corporate governance, the changes in the bankruptcy laws, all, all of the things that everybody has been busy uh, thinking about and implementing the last few years. But the, the key question for me as a prospective equity investor is where's the, the equity upside? I mean, wh wh where do you think the value is going to come from as we return to some normality? Uh, what sectors, what products, what services, uh, what actions by the banks to uh, return some, uh, uh, some profit to the equity markets. Uh, sure, thank you. So, I mean, first of all, we haven't reached normality yet in terms of uh, bank valuations uh, in Greece, clearly. So, when you look at where Greek banks are trading, there is significant upside to, uh, even when you look at the European banking average, in terms of price to book or any, any metric, quite frankly. Um, but I think the, the real upside or the real question here comes from different sources. And I think I want to maybe step back and, and come back a little bit to what I said in the beginning. I think fundamentally, I think we see a massive change in the way how uh, banking is being conducted. And I think banking is not, not that dissimilar from other industry sectors anymore in a way that you have effectively a change in customer behavior. You have effect effectively a shift between technology and banking, how to serve uh, the customers best. And so here in that context, I think we, we more and more have to take an industrial approach to banking, or the, the, the players that are realizing these trends are taking that approach. Uh, and that means um, shifting away from um, you know, having large branch networks to 
much more cost-effective platforms. That means um, you know, addressing uh, where customers really want to bank or customers really want to interact with banks. Um, and the use of uh, and the efficient use of technology, which I think is a significant uh, a driver that is not reflected anywhere, I think, in the bank valuations today, definitely of the Greek banks, because they're more uh, legacy-focused or not new, new business-focused in terms of how, how investors look at, at today's balance sheets. And so I think the real question is, you know, how is the credit demand in Greece, in particular in the SME sector, being met in the future? And I think here, I think the question is whether you will you will have similar trends like in the UK where challenger banks have developed and challenger banks either focused on uh, consumer or focused on SME financing have been stepping into that role um, and haven't had sort of the burden of large legacy networks on the cost side with, with significant branch networks or legacy issues in terms of uh, you know, significant uh, MP exposures on their, on their balance sheet and uh, effectively provide a, uh, a new efficient way of banking uh, at, at, at very different, uh, you know, cost uh, and uh, return parameters than uh, existing banks can. So I think the real question of banking is not so much, you know, how much, um, you know, recovery uh, can be provided uh, in the midterm, because I think we we look at at recovery levels here almost every year, and we, you know, we we see here. Uh, uh, changes, but it, it, it takes its time. I think the real question is, you know, how, how does the bank of the future look like? And how are banks ready to address that? And I think in particular in Greece, you have still significant uh, branch networks uh, that can be uh, modified uh, and, uh, and, and restructured, and that, that provides a significant upside on the cost side, which I think people haven't really looked at. Thank you, Alex. George, uh uh, I want you to keep your uh, bank CEO hat on and, and address more or less the, the same question. So I, 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 if, if I ask you as a potential investor, where, where is the value going to come from, which sectors, which, which opportunities, will you dust off the old manuals of uh, loans to shipping and, and tourism and, uh, and fisheries, or are we going to draw up a new manual? Well, um, I guess, uh, you know, the... We need to start from, from the basics, and I think, I think that I agree with Alex on the fact that we haven't yet reached um, normalization. I think what investors want to hear from uh, bank managements right now is that um, they will be in a position to build full confidence in the loan book and the, and, the, and, the, um, and the balance sheet with all the positive results that this will bring and all the upside that this will bring on the, um, on the cost of funding and as well as on the liquidity side. Um, work can still be done uh, on continuing to improve uh, funding costs and, 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 and also uh, finishing the restructuring plans and improving operational costs. So I think that we're still in a large part of the work that banks need to continue doing in 2018 at least is very much focused in, uh, in, that, in that direction. Now, uh, of course, there is going to be upside associated with the core market that Greek banks are actually active in, right? Um, and tourism has been a very important part of our um, of, of our sort of economic, uh, of, or at least of the silver lining of economic growth that we have seen, right? So that there is going to definitely be opportunities in that space. There, there is an expectation of, of increased infrastructure spending and financing opportunities that this will bring. 
there is definitely an expectation that Greek banks will eventually start replenishing their loan book with healthy exposures. Um, and there is going to be upside associated with that. But in reality, I think where everybody's focus is still right now is on the current playbook, if you want, which is basically um, uh, re restoring confidence, uh, executing as well as possible um, on the cost side, and uh, making sure that you position yourself for unexpected areas of competition, uh, uh, which can emerge through digitalization and other, and other, and other areas. Thank you, George. Um, Stefane, uh, your thoughts as well on, on, on the same topic of opportunities for, for the Greek banks. And, and in addition to uh, your, uh, your thoughts on, on, on this issue, uh, also a, a more specific question for you, Stefane, on competition that the Greek banks are facing from the capital markets. We, we have seen a lot of companies uh, that are, if you like, the, the cream of the Greek corporate sector refinancing Greek bank loans uh, with international capital markets bonds. Um, what can the Greek banks do to compete there and maintain some market share uh, of the cream of the Greek corporate sector? Uh, thank you, Apostle. If I can touch uh, first on the, on the question of uh, the, the, the possible upside. Um, the, and, the, and the way I look at this is a, is a simple way, actually. And, uh, you know, I mean, right now, what is the most important thing, that the factor that actually, you know, every quarter, every year, eats up the um, PPI, the profit of the Greek banks? That's the cost of risk. So in my mind, the opportunity lies in the normalization of the cost of risk. And why is that? You see that the, you know, the construct of the market in Greece today with four systemic banks uh, is very you know, constructive, conducive towards uh, uh, the banks uh, making uh, you know, an, a, steady, uh, a steady profit. And I'm, I don't want to sort of make you know, forecasts about the, how the GDP is going to evolve, etc. Clearly, it's on an improving path. Uh, and, and assuming it sort of stays there, um, uh, you, you, you saw that uh, sort of in the latest results of the banks, the, the, the net interest margin sort of marginally sort of increased. You saw an increase in the fees and ancillary sources of, of income for the banks, an increase in that, that type of income. And also you see the cost to income ratio uh, uh, reducing, improving. Um, constantly, and you know, there's also the Greek banks are forecasting sort of uh, further improvements and targeting further improvements, which means that if they manage to normalize their cost of risk, then they should be in a position to, uh, uh, you know, surprise positively on the on the upside. So I think that's 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 you know an important point. It's a simple point, but I think you know that's how. Uh, at least in my view, I see in the you know, short to medium term 
the opportunities. And of course, you know, after that, we can talk about the sort of the more structural aspects of the, you know, of the, of the Greek banking system and whether they can, you know, sort of uh, uh, further rationalize their branch network and, you know, sort of further digitalize their platforms, uh, et cetera, et cetera, which all of that, of course, in a conducive economic environment should uh, lead to even further improvements. Now, on the, on the opportunities related to financing, um, I mean, clearly the international financial markets are there for the, uh, for, the, for the Greek corporates that can access them, and they're not gonna go. Um, so, um, you know, there will be competition. The Greek corporates who can access the capital markets will access them because, of course, uh, you know, they, they need to diversify their funding sources and that's what they should be doing. Uh, but I think as the environment improves, as the economy improves, as the banks, you know, deal with their NPL portfolios and can focus on their main business, which is banking, then I think that, uh, you know, they will become competitive as well and should be able to compete for this business of the, of the Greek corporates. Thank you, Stefane. Uh, Spiro, uh, you've had the benefit of uh, very interesting uh, observations already. You made some very interesting observations. I think for you is, is the outlook question in terms of, uh, of, of course, we know financial stability is very important, a strong financial system is essential before we see our country out, out of this crisis for good. What are, in your views, the most significant steps that uh, all, all of policymakers and the banks and the key decision makers have to take as we go into 2018 to achieve this uh, 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 important financial stability in our system? Thank you, Apostle. I think we discussed about it extensively, uh, the macro environment. Uh, Mr. Tsaklogulu made some very good observations on taxation in the morning. But it's, it's really very important to realize if the Greek, even if the Greek banks had a perfectly clean balance sheet and ample liquidity today, there is very little demand for credit because the, the environment is uncertain. So I think that's, that's central. Um, the second point, which might sound slightly controversial, is you know probably NPE reduction, the outright reduction, is secondary for two reasons, or, or rather, it's important for Greek banks to potentially reap any benefits or upside from those portfolios that they sat on for, for so long. The second point, however, is it's much more important to establish a correct mark-to-market on those portfolios, um, which is what the equity investors and debt investors in Greek banks um, have still not uh, figured out. If you look at examples in uh, nearby Italy, uh, there's a transaction that was completed most recently uh, by Banca Carige, which effectively uh, they were able to, through a combination of sort of asset disposals, business disposals, uh, some NPL uh, portfolio sales, uh, recap and uh, through equity and a liability management exercise, we're able to, to raise a billion of uh, a new capital. I think the constraint of Greek banks uh, on not having an accurate mark on those portfolios or seemingly not having one uh, is uh, what it needs to be sort of fixed as a matter of priority, which most likely uh, will be 
as the first uh, sort of NPE sales come to the market in coming quarters. Thank you, Spiro. Uh, I would love to take one or two questions from the audience. We can do one. The, the gentleman over there. Uh, that the banks are engaging in digitization and basically doing like information investment in the information um, uh, aspect of banking. Is that an import or you're working with, uh, with uh, domestic uh, Greek companies? Thank you. Like, like who, uh, who, uh, who is, uh, what companies are consulting you or, do, uh, or helping you do the, the um, uh, information systems infrastructure that you're graduating to? Is is the, is the question what vendors the Greek banks are working with? Is that, um, to, to be honest, I, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I assume that, you know, they, they, they use a combination, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Take this. Who wants to take this? I think, I think it's a global trend, uh, and I think it's interesting that I think the branch usage in Greece is, um, you know, I think below 30% of the customer base, which is uh, showing that, you know, you have the same trend in Greece as you have in other markets as well. Um, and, you know, um, you know, we've seen from some of the comments of the, of the Greek CEOs uh, earlier that this is clearly a focus area as well for, for their future investment. Well, thank you very much to our panelists. Let's give them a round of applause.